Uh, God, I, I just lift up uh, all these folks, uh, Lord, that are willing to serve uh, their communities. Uh, God, in so many different ways, from first responders to uh, to people working in different retail situations, whether it be a, a grocery store or a gas station or, uh, Lord, uh, just uh, medical personnel, Lord, literally willing to put their lives on the line uh, that uh, we could see, that we could, that we could have the things that we need and, and be able to do the things that we need to do and all those things, Lord, it's, it's just, it's crazy. And so, Father, I, I just, I lift them up to you. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would protect their families. Um, God, thank you for them. Thank you for their willingness uh, to work hard, um, God, and carry them through this season, however long it may be. Uh, God, for, for all of us, carry us through this. And uh, God, we put complete uh, and all faith in you. Uh, Lord, we know that you are in control of all things. Lord, we trust in you for that. We thank you that we have that kind of a peace, uh, Lord, that we can know that, that we can uh, live daily uh, with that knowledge in our hearts. Lord, our hope is in you. And God, we just thank you so much for all that you've done for us, but especially for sending your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So um, this morning, uh, I messaged him back and forth with Nathan yesterday. I, uh, I told him, I said, I, I, I almost kind of wish that when we had started doing this last week that we had uh, maybe changed the time uh, to a different time uh, to start uh, on Sunday mornings. And in fact, the, the time that... Uh, uh, I had in mind was the original start time for 24 Church, uh, and interested to see uh, maybe don't no, no staff member families or whatever uh, answering, but curious to see who knows, and you can post it online there, uh, what the original start time was for 24 Church when we had one service when we started uh, the first year back in 2005. Uh, just curious, and uh, I told him, I was like, it'd, be, it'd been great if we had chose that, and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can vote on it if you really want to, but uh, uh, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll move toward that or something, but uh, anyway, uh, I want to, want to get into Colossians this morning, uh, Colossians uh, chapter 2, and uh, this passage in Colossians uh, is, is, it's a little longer than the passage we did last week, but honestly, in in, in some ways, it's, it's maybe a little more brief and to the point about some things, although it covers, it covers a few things. Uh, there it is, Renee Sorrow got it. Oh, Tammy London, Serena Collins, oh, y'all are all over it. Yeah, everybody's figured it out now. Y'all are just copying each other now, uh, so whatever. Uh, let us know if you want it to be 1024, I guess, instead of 10. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, this passage in Colossians, uh, is uh, so yeah, my, my feed is working, which is great. So you can talk to me or whatever. By the way, one of the best parts about doing this is I can talk about anybody in our church, and they're not here to heckle me. So you know, and I'm not going to name any names, but there are a couple of you that uh, you know I specifically will enjoy that about before this is over with. I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, Colossians chapter two. Uh, this passage um, talks about. Uh, something that I think is important for us and, and I, I think uh, means a lot, especially in the culture that we live in, in uh, the, the belt buckle of the Bible belt and all that. Uh, and it's this whole, it's this whole idea of, of uh, some of it's legalism. Uh, some of it's not quite that, so I don't want to lump it all with legalism. In fact, there was a point when I was studying for this message that I thought, is this going to be like a, uh, I, I get to hammer on legalism type message or whatever? And, and I, I kind of like those messages, I think, if you haven't figured that out. 
at this point. And part of that is because I'm so passionate about people not buying into things that are uh, not true to the Scriptures about what it means to follow Jesus because there's, there's so much of that uh, in the culture that we live in right here uh, where there's so many people that have been taught, oh, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. And if you don't do this, you're going to hell. And, and I, I love getting in those conversations with people, uh, especially even non-believers, when they begin to talk to me about those things that they have always heard. And for me to be able to just, you know, just, just share in very basic, con- you know, just hopefully very understandable uh, language for them uh, to get that, no, it's about whether or not we have trusted in Jesus, whether we believe in Jesus, whether he's saved us or not. We, we can't earn our salvation uh, by being good or good enough or whatever. The truth is, is that we, and we know this if you've been around 24, uh, is that we are, we are <laughs> not good enough. Jesus is the only one that's good enough, and he's made up the difference on our behalf. That's why we need Jesus. Uh, and so anyway, uh, this passage this morning, hopefully, um, you know, is, is something that, uh, you know, hopefully can kind of help maybe, maybe, maybe there's still some things in your life, maybe that you're uh, still struggling with where you, you still kind of like, you know, well, oh gosh, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, or I, I do this too much, or, you know, whatever, well, uh, my salvation's probably in jeopardy, or Jesus probably doesn't love me, or, or whatever, look, uh, that's, that's, don't, don't buy into those lies, okay? In fact, let's just look at this. Colossians 2, verse 16, uh, and it says this. It says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Hang in here with me, okay? Uh, Don't let anybody pass judgment on you for these things. Food, drink, festival, new moon, Sabbath. We're going to talk about some of those things and what, 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 what Paul's talking about here. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Verse 17, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Let's, let's keep. Let's go ahead and read the rest of the passage here that we're studying on today. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, asceticism, there's that word again, we'll talk about that in a minute, and severity to the body, but there are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Okay, so th- this passage, so this is a, this is a great passage, and we're going we're gonna to talk through some of these things, hopefully, uh, and uh, a lot of this stuff's actually very easy to understand once you kind of get a grip on where Paul's going with this. So Paul is speaking. I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag a little bit here. Paul is speaking specifically to a lot of Jewish regulations uh, that were to keeping the law. And so uh, Paul is Paul is basically saying, don't let don't let this whole idea that you haven't you haven't kept the law 
or whatever. Don't let somebody come at you and get you off course in your faith because they're throwing something like this at you. Oh, well, what about this? What about that? Okay? And, and so something that we need to understand about these regulations was that all of that, all of that was just preparation for Christ's coming. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, this, this is a huge, a huge piece of the puzzle for us. So when Christ came, Christ says, you know, we don't, we don't throw that out. Uh, but understand that it's changed because I've fulfilled it. You know, so when Christ came, he fulfilled the law. And so when he fulfilled the law, no longer did it matter if we chose to eat a piece of bacon or not, okay? So verse 16, let's just go back to that. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. So he's saying, don't let anybody pass judgment on you, okay? Uh, by saying, oh, well, they, you know, they, they're, they're over there, they're eating pork products or they're, they're, not, they're not going to all of the, the festivals and things that we've kept all this time as the Jewish people, uh, you know, as God called us to back in the day. The understanding here that Paul is, is making is that this, he says right there at verse 17, we'll just go ahead and read it, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. So, you know, here's here's and, and we and, and he keeps going with this. We'll keep we'll keep in this in this vein of thought here. Uh, where Paul is trying to help us here, and where he was trying to help the people of Colossae here, you've got to remember again too. And we've talked about this for weeks and weeks. Just in case you're jumping in, I'll I'll, I'll explain just a little bit here. Uh, but Paul was uh, especially writing to this church at Colossae at this time uh, that he would write this letter to try to help them overcome the understanding of some of the false teachers that they had around them. They had some people around them that were spewing some knowledge that was not truth, that was not biblical, it was not what God had intended for his people. And, and, it, was, and it was definitely, you say, Chris, how do you know that? We know that because of, of some where Paul even goes in this passage. He is, he is leaning in on what is going on with this passage to say, You've got to keep Jesus the main thing. I think for all of us, you know, one of the hardest things for us to do sometimes in life is to keep the main thing the main thing, right? I mean, like, we, we, know, we know that Jesus is our Savior. We know that, that He is, you know, that God the Father sent Him to die on the cross for us to, to, to be uh, the, the payment for the death that we owed for our sin, that He took death for us in Him, that we have life. All of these, you know, awesome, crazy things, um, and in the midst of all that, uh, Paul is having to hammer home to them that Jesus is the main thing. Same, same as for our life, that it's easy for us to get off onto thinking about other things being the main thing. I mean, you, you think about this. I mean, you know, we we struggle sometimes with. You know uh, where we where we put all of uh, the eggs in in the basket. We put them elsewhere. You know we don't always put them in Jesus. We we begin to worry. We begin to be anxious. We begin to you know all these other things. Especially in moments like this. Don't don't tell me that you haven't had moments this week when you're reading some of this stuff on social media. You're watching some of this stuff on the news, and you're not thinking to yourself, "Oh man, this is you know we've really." You know, and, and, and it's easy to begin to worry. Now look, listen, it's, it's okay, it's normal. That's a, that's a common reaction that we all, we're all going to struggle with that stuff. 
But it is so good for us. And this passage so perfectly timed for us. Uh, and, and it's just the next passage in the book of Colossians. It's one of the, one of the reasons that we love uh, studying expository and teaching expository and going through Scripture this way is, I mean, God has a way, right, uh, of speaking to us sometimes in a passage that maybe we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have picked out, but here it is. Maybe, maybe this is the passage that we needed today. I think it is the passage that we needed today. It's the one that we got. Uh, and so... You know, for us to understand and be reminded in, the, in, in moments like this, in the midst of these crazy time, this crazy time in history, I mean, it's, it's at least that. We can say that about it, right? Uh, whether we, you know, what we'll say about it in 20 years, who knows? I, 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 hope, I hope that it won't be as bad as what some people think and all those kinds of things. Uh, but the truth is, is that no matter what's going on, our hope can still be in Jesus, Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in the work that God has done. Not the work that we can do, you know, not not the work that, that, uh, that, you know, a a church can do or a person can do or a pastor can do uh, or whatever, but but in what what he can do and what he has done, what what, what God has done, you know, that none of this is a surprise to him. Like, let that just sink in for a minute. Like, it might have hit us like a ton of bricks, and, and, and every hour, and I've already gotten messages this morning of, of even things uh, that, uh, uh, I see some of you heckling from home, that's okay, uh, we'll get you, Matt Marcus. Uh, no, I, I, I see that so many of us, and, and through this period of time, that it's easy for us to, to get so caught up in these other things that we miss, we miss what God is doing, and, and we miss the fact oftentimes that this wasn't a surprise. And so, and, and like I was about to say, secondly, I've already had people this morning even messaging uh, about new developments and new things and what, what the governor's saying and what the president's saying or whatever, uh, all these different things. And, and, and obviously, we're, we're going to keep getting those things. We're going to keep hearing those things. But guess what? None of them, not a single one of them, not, not even just one, is a surprise to God. When he sent Christ to be what we needed to die on the cross, to be that perfect sacrifice, He sent Him knowing that all of these things were going to happen at the same time. This passage goes on. By the way, I just I love verse 17. I'll read it again. Uh, there are a shadow of things to come, uh, but the substance belongs to Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. Now, going back to some of those things there, because I, I, wanna, I just want to kind of clarify a couple things. The food and drink, of course, is talking about Jewish reg- regulation of what's okay to eat, what's not okay to eat. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's lifted, okay? We've got that in the New Testament. We know that that's been lifted. We're good. You can have a piece of bacon. Maybe you're at home eating bacon right now. If you're at home eating bacon right now, tell us all about it, you know, whatever. Uh, congratulations. Bacon is good. Uh, but then when he gets into, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So what it's talking about here, and this, whenever I hear the new moon stuff especially, and the festival especially, that together and Sabbath, all this really, I think about Isaiah chapter 1. In Isaiah 1, you see Isaiah talking about this whole like moment in time there where God is like really upset with his people. And basically... They had turned all of these things that were supposed to be for God, 
they had turned them into these awful things. They weren't, they weren't, they were like going through the motions, you know. They were, they were kind of the idea of like they were, they were going to church or they were praying a prayer, they were doing a thing, they were having a festival, they were having a, a Sabbath, so to speak, uh, you know, all these things. But if you go back and you look at Isaiah 1, like the scriptures talk about how that stuff becomes detestable to God. Like he doesn't even want to look at it. And so, again, the idea here is that these were things that in the Jewish culture, these were very important and, and had good reason in the beginning for them to exist, turned oftentimes into things that were not for the Lord and more about patting each other on the back, okay? And so that gets into verse 18. I want to go ahead and jump into that. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. So this, this, is, this is really good for us to see this. And, and for, Paul to, for Paul to hammer down on this, I think, is awesome. Uh, because there's a, there's a lot of people, even in culture today, you'll run into people. Well, we, we've, had, we've had people, uh, you know, since we started the church that have come along at times and, and said, well, you know, you guys must be, you know, of the devil because the music is too loud. Or, you know, we heard that you don't, you know, this or that or whatever. I mean, just, just pick, pick your flavor, you know, uh, you know, kind of stuff. And, and the truth here is, is that Paul is trying to help us to see that, that people will have those opinions but they don't necessarily mean that they're biblical. doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. It says insisting on asceticism. Asceticism is avoiding any self-indulging thing for a cause, okay? And so uh, to say someone is, is claiming that uh, you are not practicing asceticism is saying, oh, well, you're enjoying things in this world too much. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely, you can totally do that. Uh, but the truth here is what Paul is saying is that these people were taking these things and using them to give guilt trips to people that were trying to follow Jesus, but they were making it about doing these other things, not following Jesus. Can you, can you do something that is like asceticism? Can you, can you do something? Can you avoid something that's a, a self-indulging thing for a period of time? In, in order of, of worship, an act of worship to the Lord, absolutely you can do that. If you do it the right way, if your heart's in the right place, if you're practicing that in the right way. Uh, but, but the truth is, is that we can make life about those things instead of it being about Jesus himself. And so that's what we don't want to get caught up in. And so Paul is kind of throwing all this in a hole and, 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 and I really believe that part of this is because, uh, and, and there's some wording here and some things, uh, in fact, we'll get into that here in just one second, uh, that lead us to believe that in what Paul is talking about here is that he's talking about whoever these people were that were false teachers that were trying to lead the people of Colossae astray. They were using some of this stuff against them. Paul's, Paul's being very specific with some of this. I'll start verse 18 again. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. So this, this passage as a whole is, is, is getting very specific. Now, 
down in this passage, uh, he even says, uh, going on in detail. You know, you, you see that, right? Going on in detail about visions. Now, this wording, I, I would have not had a clue about this. Uh, thank you, ESV Study Bible, uh, for this one. Uh, but uh, this wording is lend, lending us and leads us to an understanding that in the culture at that time, that was, that was something that was used by, that wording was used by uh, other religious practices, maybe what we might even call cults uh, at that period of time, uh, that had to do with entering into the innermost sanctuary of the pagan temple for those religions. And so uh, here and by, what you've got is, is whoever was trying to do this, these false teachers or whatever, they weren't, they weren't just manipulating Scripture, so to speak, and trying to make it what they wanted. They were borrowing, more than likely borrowing, from some of these other religions, other cults, whatever you want to call it, um, from that time to, to, again, try to guilt these people into believing, oh, well, no, you're not good enough. And, and I'll, I'll just say, largely in part, I think where a lot of, where at least some of this was coming from, especially uh, the, the parts that, uh, you know, have to do with, uh, you know, not meeting the, the Jewish guideline type stuff, the Jewish regulation type stuff, uh, was people that were not okay with Gentiles being a part of the family of God. So it was racism. You know, basically they're using some of this stuff to basically say, uh, well, you're not good enough to get in, and I'm going to hold this up for you to remind you that you're not good enough to get in because you're not keeping this and you're not doing that. And at the end of the day, Paul's going, don't you let them tell you that. Don't you let them tell you all that stuff. Don't you buy into that. And in the middle of it, he throws in the substance belongs to Christ. This is about Jesus. He's the sinner. Don't believe that's what he's saying there? Okay, then verse 19, when he, when he finishes up with this whole like asceticism, worship of angels going on, uh, in detail about visions puffed up without reason, sensuous mind. By the way, I feel like I've kind of met some of those people in life. Like they, you know, those people that are just like they, they want to like come across as like you know they want you to think that they're like super smart and God's really doing you know crazy things. I'm saying some of them, you know, God's not working in them or whatever. But uh, I mean, just sometimes you just get like an odd feeling sometimes about folks. Uh, and, and and there's just those people out there. Like they want you to think more about what's going on with them and what God's done with them than what God has done in the world and who God is himself. And, and, and any time the focus is off Jesus and on something or somebody else, I think we've got to question that. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just good. That's good, just good biblical foundation. He ends that with saying, and not... If, if, if these people are, don't let them disqualify you, insisting on these things, we'll just go ahead and lump all those together, worship of angels. Uh, by the way, I love when people want to talk about angels all the time. Uh, I don't really, it's funny because they don't usually know what angels really are about. Uh, or in detail about visions, puffed up without reason, sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. Now, I'm completely cool with talking about those things with someone who is holding fast to the head, who is Jesus. It's capitalized there. The head of the body. Okay? So, and it goes on, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. And, and so here, what, what's, what's, what's it talking about, Chris? Here's just simply put, just simply put, I'm going to make this as simple as possible. 
He, if Christ is the head, then we are the, the, the body. The body is the church, right? And we know we're, we can be the church without being at the building, right? That's happening right now. We're, we're good with that. So, you know, this is, this is one of those things that I think for us, you know, we, we've just got we've to just simply look at it and realize, oh, like Christ is the actual head of the body. We are the body. We get nourishment from him. It says the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. A growth that is from God. Verse 19, and not holding fast to the head. Let me, let me flip that a little bit. Let me flip that. I don't, I'm, not making, I'm not trying to uh, out of context the scripture here or anything. But let me flip it. Um, not holding fast to the head is the warning there that you know these people are doing this and they're not holding fast to Jesus. We want to do the opposite of that. We want to hold fast to Jesus, right? So, I mean, that, that's just that's very that's very simple for us to understand. And it's alluding to that this false teacher or teachers were people that were not staying connected to Christ as central to their teachings and beliefs. For us, as a church, as a people, Jesus is the head. Jesus is the central most part of our faith. It is through Him and through Him only that we can have eternal life. It is through Him and through Him only that we can have peace. It is through Him and through Him only that we can have a changed and amazing life in this life right now. God didn't just come for us uh, to be saved that we would have eternal life with Him. He came that we would have new life right now that we would be used by him, that we would be a part of that body that it's talking about, to be nourished, knit together, okay? Don't tell me it's not important to not be a part of a church. I know it's important to be a part of a church. How do I know? Because scripture like this is so clear about that. The whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. This is, this is God's design for us, that we would be a part of a body. That's that, that right there. Not, not getting to just see each other in person, but that right there is what makes not getting together hard, isn't it? I mean, for me, that's what, that's what makes not getting together uh, with my brothers and sisters in Christ, the body of believers, to worship together. There's something so special about that. And, and I want you to know that I, I feel that. I know that many of you feel that. I've seen so many people talk about that uh, in different ways. And uh, I, I know that that can be hard. Uh, and, and just know that we feel that too. Know that we do. Know that we love you. Know that we care for you. Know that we're still here for you. No matter what, whatever we can do for you, please, please reach out and let us know. So this passage keeps going. It says this uh, in verse 20. It says, if with Christ, and we're going to come back to some of that here in just a minute. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish and they are used according to human precepts and teachings. So this, this passage right here, 
is, is, a, is a continuation of obviously what Paul is sitting here talking about. Uh, but as Paul is continuing with this, one of the, one of the things that uh, he's, he's wanting us to see is that we tend to sometimes still hold fast to things of the world when we should be holding fast to the things of God. That's, that's easy for us to do. And in some ways, we're still called to do things. We're still called, we're still called to come under the authority of others. We're still called to come under authority of, of leaders and those kinds of things. That's not always easy, right? Uh, but at the same time, uh, Paul is again, you've got to remember, he's still going back and he's talking about some of these Jewish regulations and some of these kinds of things. And, and there too, the types of regulations that man has made that are these important regulations that if you don't do this and you don't do that, uh, you know, and all this, and how do we know? Because he says, according to human precepts and teachings, you know, it's, it's this understanding that he's saying, uh, don't, don't cling to the things of the world. And he says, starts it off in verse 20 right there, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world. Well, you know, so it says, if with Christ you died, well, not only with Christ did we die, but with Christ we were risen, right? So like not only did, we, did, did Christ take our death and we die that death with him and our sin die that death with him, but also in his resurrection we too were given new life. And how huge is that for us today? I mean, how big is that for us today? And so for that to continue on and in an understanding for us to just be reminded that it is in Jesus, as he says, the substance belongs to Christ. Not holding fast to the head, not holding fast to Jesus is where when we will begin to slide, when we will begin to lose faith, when we will begin to not be nourished, not be knit together. I, you know, here's, here's, here's something. You know, what, what did that say at the end of verse 19? It said, uh, uh, nourished, knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. How, cra- how crazy is this thought? What if God took this moment right now with uh, the coronavirus stuff and all this stuff going on, what if he took this moment right now and somehow used it to grow his church. I was talking with one of the guys from church who lives a couple doors down uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, we looked across the yard and uh, his son and some other boys from the neighborhood who I'd never seen over at their house before uh, were jumping on the trampoline. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I just said, who, who are those kids? And he said, oh. Oh, it's the neighbors in the back. Well, a while back, uh, we had, you know, some storms and stuff, and uh, wind blew this fence over, destroyed this fence uh, that separated his yard from a yard that was behind them. Well, in that yard behind them, they got a little garage, got a little basketball goal and that kind of thing, and these boys that live over there have been out there playing basketball, and, and his son, you know, is a big basketball player, and and uh, and so he he you know he couldn't help but you know not go hey you know I want to play basketball or hey do you guys want to play basketball or whatever, and so they got to know each other, and now they're hanging out and now they're being friends. Who's to say that God won't use this moment in time to do something for His kingdom that's all part of His design? 
I'm going to say that there's reason for this. I'm going to say that somewhere along the way, God has devised a plan for all of our lives that he's going to use what seemingly is this crazy moment in history to do something great for his kingdom, to do something great for his church. Why wouldn't he, right? Why wouldn't he? That's a pretty awesome thought. It's a pretty awesome thought that maybe somebody's watching this right now or listening to this right now that normally wouldn't go to church or wouldn't watch this or wouldn't listen to this, but today they're hearing about Jesus. And they're hearing about a church that wants people to know Jesus and wants them to know that the main thing is Jesus and it's not about keeping the records of rights and wrongs. The Lord will work those things out in our heart once we come to know Him. But that God wants to save everyone that would believe in Him. And that that's what Scripture teaches. I think that's huge for us today. I think that's so awesome for us today. You know, and I, and I think, you know, even here, the, the do-nots here are man-made. And Paul is calling them out as not gospel. He's saying, don't fall into this stuff. Don't let these people make you feel like junk because you don't feel like you're good enough and all this. You know, and I, I talk to people, especially people that fall out of church at different times, and I say, you know, I'm, we miss you. And, oh, well, I don't know. You know, and sometimes I have this conversation with some of those people where they say something like, you know, well, you know, all that happened in my life, and I just don't know that I could ever come back to the church. I'm like, why do you think that? Like, why? You know, I'm just afraid of how people would look at me. Well, listen, that's not, that's not how this is supposed to work. That is not how this is supposed to work. This is supposed to be a place where all the hurting can come. Like God is saying, come to me. Maybe right now, maybe it's because of what's going on, or maybe you've been through some awful thing in your life, losing someone, a divorce, whatever else it might be. I'm just here to tell you, on behalf of the Lord, He loves you. This church loves you. This body of believers, when I say a church loves you, I'm not talking about the building. The building doesn't love the people. We love to help people that are hurting. God has given us that ministry to do that type of thing. I was online for a long time last night with a friend of mine uh, that I know from my side business stuff. And, uh, you know, it turns out that, that he's an addict. And uh, we, we got to talk for a long time about uh, sobriety and recovery, and he's been in and out of recovery, and he's doing really well right now. And I was just encouraging him, was so encouraged by him. And I told him about some of the things that we feel called as a church, that we want to minister to people that are struggling through those things. And, you know, it was just, it was just an awesome conversation. And I was just reminded, you know, and I, and I told him I had, I had actually been, I've been concerned about folks that struggle with addiction during a moment like this when they're supposed to be on some kind of a lockdown. Like, that cannot be easy. That cannot be easy. And so we were talking about some of the ways in which those people are getting help and uh, through video conferencing and these different things, which is awesome. Um, you know, but I, I just, I just, I want us to remember that at the, at the end of the day, this is all part of a plan that God's going to use this for His glory. God's going to use this for the furtherment of, of, uh, of His church. Verse 23 says, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in, self, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. So here's, here's that idea of the body again. Okay, uh, But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The indulgence of the flesh. 
So Paul throws in something right there at the very end. They are of no value to the stopping of the self-indulgence of the flesh. He throws in something here at the end that I think is pretty awesome. And I think, it's, I think it helps us to see something that maybe we might try to do things sometimes to overcome sin in our life, to overcome our struggles in life. Sometimes we <coughs> excuse me, lean in on some of these other things uh, that, that in the beginning were meant to be good things. They were meant to be things that were, that were you know, to worship Jesus, to help us to focus on him or whatever it is. But then we made it about those things instead of about him. And when we made it about those things instead of about him, we, we lost something about this. And then it became about like keeping the rights and wrongs and, the, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and he says here, you know, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. I, I think it's important for us to recognize we need the Lord to do that. We need Jesus to do that. We need to put our hope in Him, our trust in Him, not in the things that we can do. Because at the end of the day, we can turn things that were originally meant to be worshipful to God or whatever it may be, we can turn those things into our own like little self-righteous, like self, you know, I can do this, it's all within me, new age kind of mumbo-jumbo. And Paul's like, don't do that, don't do that. It leads to asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value to stopping the indulgence of the flesh. We need to recognize that our hope is in Jesus alone. I love how he starts out verse 23. They have indeed an appearance of wisdom. (laughs) They have indeed an appearance of wisdom, right? I mean, like, we, like we've like we come across people like this before. Like, they want you to think that they're so smart, right? And, like, their whole thing is like, I got the knowledge. I got the knowledge, you know? And, and they come at you with this. But, but at the end of the day, so many of those types of folks, when they are making that the main thing, wanting you to know how smart they are with all these things that they know, and all of these little things that they do, and they're kind of downing on you, and man, you're, you, know, you feel yourself feeling guilty for not being as good enough as they are, and all this kind of stuff. You know, and Paul's just like, let that go. Stop. Don't buy into that. Don't let those people make you feel that way. Because he says they have indeed an appearance of wisdom. He's saying they do not have the wisdom that they think they have in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. And there's that whole body thing again, and it's talking about the severity of the body. And, and I, think, I think we can literally, and I, I get this from N.T. Wright, uh, I, think that, I think that we can totally see that Paul is actually speaking specifically about the head and the body, Christ and the church, and this understanding that uh, these types of things are cutting us off from him. We've got to make the main thing the main thing. And what, and what was that? We talked about that. Back to this. The head of the body is Christ. The head. Verse 19. I'm like, you don't know, you're like, oh, we already talked about 19. I know. We're going to go back to it right here. Here we go. The head of the body is Jesus. We are the torso. He is the head. 
And I read verse 19 again. It says, And not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. The whole body, the whole body, if holding fast to Jesus, will be nourished, will be knit together through its joints and ligaments. What's that look like for us? I think that looks like the people, that we would come together, that we would band together and be who we're called to be as the church. Go to church, we be the church, right? We talk about that, it's all over Facebook right now. I love it. The whole body of holding fast to Jesus, Jesus is nourished, is knit together, and grows with a growth that is from God. How do I know? Because it's all in verse 19. Every bit of it's right there. Check it out for yourself. Circle it up. If you got your Bible out, whatever, underline it. You know, you can put one, two, three, whatever. Uh, nourished, uh, knit together, grows with the growth that is from God. This is the work of Jesus in us. If, if we hold fast to Him. Hold fast. Hold fast. This whole idea of holding fast, that's not, it's not terminology we use all the time. Uh, it's probably somewhat familiar. But I, I want to talk about it for just a second. To hold fast means to remain securely adhered to something. This is Webster's here. Or to remain determined, unyielding as in one's position or opinion. To hold fast to something means that it is locked tight to it. You know? I mean, like, to hold fast is a, is a locked door that won't budge. That's holding fast. Like, you go to open it, no, it's holding fast. You know, kind of thing. And here Paul is saying that if we will hold fast to the head, if we will hold fast to Jesus, we will be nourished, we will be knit together through its joints and ligaments, and we, the body, will grow with a growth that is from God. I long to see what God is going to do through all of this. I long to see what God is going to do through all of this. Don't tell me that all this is just happening just because. You know, there's a reason. God's going to use this. Even, even if we make the argument that what's happening is due to the fact that we live in a fallen world and sin is involved, then I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that argument. But to understand that we know that God takes terrible, awful things and uses them for his kingdom is this other huge piece. He's going to take this, and he's going to use it for his glory. We get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that. But I think the trick is for us that we, too, would hold fast. Now, I I couldn't help myself, but I had to look up hold fast in the rest of Scripture and just kind of see some of the other things uh, where we see the terminology hold fast. And I wanted to share this passage out of Philippians 2. And by the way, there, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of them that uh, a man would leave his uh, father and mother and hold fast to his wife, or that the wife would hold fast to her husband. And, uh, and, and then there's other, look up for yourself, hold fast. You can check it out. Uh, I think there was like 36 or 38 uh, different uh, places that we see hold fast throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New. Uh, but Philippians 2 says this in verse 14. It says, do all things without grumbling 
or disputing. I would love to enforce that in my home right now with all my kids at the house every day. That, can we figure that out? Somebody come help me with that. Uh, <laughs> do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's us. Verse 16, holding fast to what? The word of life. So that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. And you're like, Chris, Paul doesn't know what my house is like this week. I understand. But do you remember where Paul was when he wrote this? Our boy Paul was in prison. Our boy Paul was in prison when he wrote the words, Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. What are you holding fast to today? What are you holding fast to today? I I pray it's not the news. (laughs) I pray it's not social media. I pray it's not your abilities to do whatever it is that you're good at in this life. I pray it's not your wisdom. I pray that it's Jesus. I pray that you would hold fast to Him. I pray that you would hold fast to the word of life, as it says in verse 16 right there. I pray that we as a people would hold fast to God Himself, knowing that He has got a plan. I pray that during times like this, we would spend time with our loved ones, worship the Lord of His Worship the Lord of all creation in His creation. Spend time doing things. Say, well, I don't know what what we're going to do. Spend time together. Seek the Lord together. How do I do do that, Chris? when When the weather allows, go outside. See God in His beauty. See what He's done. Like, we're so used to living in the world that we're completely missed what He's done in making it. What an awesome opportunity we have in this moment, to hold fast to the truth, to hold fast to His Word. And I encourage you, don't budge. Hold fast. Let's pray together. God, I pray for, I pray for our church. pray for the people that make up this body. God, I pray that you would use them to do great things for your kingdom. God, I hope, I hope in you, Lord, to reveal to us in your time and pray that you would reveal to us in your time what it looks like, Lord, to see you work through all of what's going on right now. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have, Lord, to worship you whether that's from home or whether that's from the warehouse, God, we just, we praise you.
We thank you. We thank you for what you've done for us through your son Jesus. God, I pray for anyone, Lord, right now in this moment, Lord, that has never trusted in you, that's never believed in you. God, I pray that as they listen to this, Lord, if that's true for them, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and help them to know that they are not alone. Lord, that you care, that you love them, that you sent your son to die for them. God, that they can be forgiven, that they can be saved. God, no matter, no matter the life that they have lived. God, I I pray, pray for everyone listening to this right now. Lord, that they will have trusted in you. God, that you would be their savior. God, thank you for what you've done for us through your son Jesus. God, we couldn't do it. And we recognize that. And this morning we worship you. Lord, in remembering that today, God, may we as your people hold fast to you. May we hold on to you, not of the things of this world, not what other people tell us about ourselves, but God, you and you alone. God, thank you for your word. May we hold to it. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.